Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Fascinating. For over 30 years and still your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. What the hell's going on out here? Heard live around the world and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. Yeah. And now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest-running fight show in history. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! And Foreman is as poised as can be! Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, emanating from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Yes, that man was correct. My name is Pedro Fernandez, the often imitated, but for 34 years, never duplicated, undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio airways, folks. We've got open phone lines all around the planet. We'll talk boxing and mixed martial arts for the next hour live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network. I can go on and on, but we want to talk combat sports straight up. Boxing night on ESPN, of course. The chick's hamming it up a bit last night. I'm talking about Clarissa Shields, the two-time Olympian here in the United States, in a boxing match on Friday night. So we'll talk about the women battle. But we're going to focus on the Ali Frazier trilogy. That's right. Number one, number two, number three. The three fights, of course, that really changed boxing history in my mind. Of course, I'm talking about 1971, 1973, and 1975. Wow, three big fights. Of course, the thrill of Manila, the big one, the third one. I begged Bud Crawford, Terrence Crawford, the current world junior welterweight champion, now moved up to 147, the 147-pound champion. I begged him to go to the Philippines and fight Manny Pacquiao outdoors in front of a million people. He wouldn't do it. I said, I'll give you all the money in the world, man. He goes, no, man, I only fight in the United States. Hey, you're a world champion, knucklehead. You're tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide on Spotify Line. Open phone lines once again around the planet. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7510. Of course, the guilt-free, no-commitment text line. If you're drunk, I understand it's Saturday morning. 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. You tune to Ring Talk live worldwide, baby. If you or someone you love suffers from drug addiction, now is the time to utilize your private health insurance PPO plan. If eligible, receive up to $30,000 or more in substance abuse benefits with low or no out-of-pocket cost. We are the National Treatment Network, the premier drug and alcohol treatment referral service operating 24-7. We help connect you with facilities nationwide that accepts PPO private health insurance for substance abuse. If you have PPO substance abuse coverage and you need immediate admittance to a medical detox or residential rehab treatment center, call us now. Call our live referral helpline today. The call is free. This program is not available to Medicare or Medicaid customers. Call 800-296-1252. 800-296-1252. 800-296-1252. That's 800-296-1252. 
If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. But he has a shock in store for him. He has two great chances, Slim and none, and Slim's out of town. Mighty Tower of Power, folks, celebrating 50 years. Get this here. 50 years of funk. We've got a brand new album out. Evidently, it debuted at number one, or one of the songs, I kid you not, debuted at number one on the Billboard charts. That's what they're playing. So straight up, Tower of Power doing well. Check them out at towerofpower.com. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Well, Friday night, well, she's, you know, the, the women, they sort of like shared the spotlight. I've talked about, of course, on uh, ESPN. And the bottom line is when you have women fighting, and I've told you this before, you grab another demographic, you grab the women, you grab the majority of the population. I mean, you have a potential to grab the majority of the population. There are more women than there are men. So what I'm trying to tell you is, just like I said with Ronda Rousey, she was going to open doors and kick them down. And wow, I mean, look what she did. I mean, she may be a turd and she may be a horrible person as far as her personality was concerned, but her interviews were good. And she brought the sport of women's mixed martial arts to the front page all across the country. So women involved in combat sports, I think of combat sports is to um, progress. I think they've got to have women involved, talented women involved as well. Well, last night, Clarissa Shields, of course, she calls herself the greatest ever two-time Olympian. She beat Hannah Gabriel. And Hannah, Hannah's a model. Hannah probably shouldn't be boxing. Hannah's a very, very good-looking model. So if Hannah... If I were you, I mean, it was a formidable fight, no doubt about it, but you lost the decision. Walk away, be happy, but you're never going to beat this Carissa Shields. She looks like a monsteress at uh, 160, 168 pounds, whatever she decides to fight at. 6-0, two KOs. Of course, the winner last night over Hannah Gabriels. Gabriels came in 18-0. 18-zip, baby. 
18 and one, lost her first fight, but she's that good looking. And I say, retire now, retire now. That's how fine that girl is. I kid you not. Uh, another fighter on the card, of course, was Christina Hammer. Christina Hammer was a winner, and evidently they're going to try to match these two girls together. Of course, Shields and Hammer. And afterwards, Shields was saying she's like she's the greatest woman of all, woman fighter of all time. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, big deal. Anyway, uh, no, I'm 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 not putting down women fighters women fighters. There are some talented women fighters, and I don't know how talented she is. She's talented for the for the current for the current crop right now. I mean, she seems to be you know six and zero, and she's on the top of her game, but. Some of these other girls can fight as well. And this Christina Hammer is 23-0 with 10 knockouts. So she's a real deal as well. Of course, and Hammer and Shields were hooking it up last night as far as verbally in the ring was concerned. I give it uh, a good fight as far as these two women are concerned. And I think it would be good for women's boxing, man. You've got to have the best fighting the best. You know, remember, we tried to set up that, that Christy Martin-Lucia Riker fight back when they were both hot. Lucia Riker had never been beaten by a woman. I think she had been beaten by a man. That was it. And, and and she was going to fight Christy Martin. And Christy Martin, of course, I think Christy, Christy had lost one fight, something like that. Anyway, um, they gave him some down payment money. They gave us some money as far as advertising was concerned, and the fight never never took off. It never took place. I think the promoter lost a half a million bucks building the fight that never took place. But that would have been significant back then. Okay, women against women. Talk about Riker. Riker was a monster. Christy Martin, of course. Christy Martin, the first lady of boxing for a long time there. Don King put her on Tyson cards and had her on Chavez cards and that kind of good stuff. So she got some some hella, hella publicity. I mean, she was up there, no doubt about it, like one, two, or three as far as the fight card was concerned. She was being shown on pay-per-view, closed circuit, call it what you want. But at the end of the day, her husband, <laughs> Jim Martin, let me tell you about this dude. He was about 15, maybe about 20 years older than her, okay? He had the... He had a horrible, horrible comb over. He, that's what I remember this. He had a horrible comb over. Anyway, um, he shot her and he stabbed her when he found that she was a lesbian. Yes, right. He found that Christy was going to leave her for a woman, leave him for a woman. And so he, stopped, he shot her and he stabbed her and she lived. He's in prison. She's still doing her thing, not fighting, but she's making appearances here and there. But think about that. You shoot somebody and you stab somebody and they survive. Uh, I say either you're a bad killer or that person was awfully lucky. Open phone lines around the planet, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, the guilt-free, no-commitment text. And I got a text coming in right now, and I'll get to it. Um, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. Alan from Detroit says, I'm always disparaging Marvin Hagler. No, I'm not. I mean, when I've been around Marvin, we've had, we you know, we had good times. We had not so good. To, well, I, know, I never fought with him. I just told him one time I thought that his attitude was a little bad after the second Leonard fight. I mean, we were in Mexico City. We're sitting down on the couch. I said, you know, your attitude could have been a little bit better after that, you know, especially with the, the corner that you had. And, you know, I blamed the corner in that fight, the corner in the Marvin Hagler fight back in 1980. So, of course, Marvin Hagler defending the World Middleweight Championship against Sugar Ray Leonard. He sold the size of the ring. He sold the gloves. He sold in the amount of rounds. It went from 15 rounds to 12 rounds. I kid you not. Marvin was getting all kinds of money. Marvin got $24 million bucks out, of this, out of the deal, okay? but And then he lost, and he wondered why he lost after he gave away four of the first five rounds. I mean, do the math. It's a 12-round fight. We're talking about 12 little mini fights, right? So Ray wins four of them off the get-go. All he's got to do is win three between five and 12, three rounds between five, rounds five and 12, get the decision. And that's what he did. I thought he won the fight, 115-113. My friend, the great late, Lou Filippo, the boxing judge extraordinaire, the referee, former fighter himself out of L.A., 
he had Hagler winning that fight. And all the way to the day he died, we went back and forth over that fight. He said that Hagler was the aggressor. I said, yeah, but he wasn't effective. I mean, he was coming forward and Ray was pot-shotting him, much like Roberto Duran had exposed him a couple of years earlier. In fact, had Roberto Duran not done a number, not done the number that he did on Marvin Hagler in, what was it, 1984, 1983? 1983, Ray Leonard wouldn't have came back and fought him in 1987. Ray waited four years. Four years after Duran almost beat Hagler. Duran was ahead on, ahead on a couple of cards, I think, after 12. It went 15 rounds. But Duran, 135-pounder, a guy that started out at 122, he just couldn't hold off the bigger man, the strength for all them rounds. That's, that's what I try to tell you, that, that moving up in weight is disastrous. I kid you not. The only time I ever got hurt, I'll say it again, moved up in weight, thought I was a bad dude, took on some guy in the Nationals, and got spanked. Okay, his name is Ernie Chavez. Give him all kinds of props. In fact, I did one of those pro fights for the Z Channel, which was a cable network down in Southern California back in the day. And he was he was in the ring. I was doing the television with uh, was Bill. What was his name? Hernandez. The guy, Tony Hernandez, voice of the L.A. Dodgers. It was me and him. It was Hernandez and Fernandez. Okay, doing the Z Channel telecast. And we bring in, we earn, introduce Ernie Chavez. I said, he's a southpaw. I said, yeah, he dropped me a couple times with that right hook is. Watch out for that right hook. And what happened 15 seconds later? He dropped this guy with the right hook. Amazing, amazing, amazing puncher. No doubt about it. Fought Meldrick Taylor as a pro. Meldrick being the 1984 Olympic gold medalist, the MVP of the team, of course, the two-time world champion. Meldrick fought him. Before Meldrick fought to do it, I went to Meldrick's dressing room. I said, Mel. He didn't like to be called Meldrick. He was Mel. That's how he signed his name, Mel. Anyway, I go to his corner, I said, go to his dressing room, I said, Mel, listen, this dude you're about to fight, he can really crank with the right hook. His left cross is a bit slow, but don't worry about that. Only worry about that right hook, I kid you not. He will hurt you with that right hook. He hit me the hardest I've ever been hit in my life. How do I know he hit me that hard? Because when I woke up, my ear was hurting. My right ear was hurting. Hit me on the left ear, knocked me down, boom. My right ear hit the canvas. I was saying, mm, my ear hurts. I'm looking at everybody, and they're like, sideways, something's wrong. And my captain at the time, actually was lieutenant at the time with the SFPD, Greg Corral was saying, get up, get up. So I realized, hey, you know, I need to get up. Anyway, I got up, and we went to the bell, and then the, he did it again in the second round, and the referee said to me, uh, do you want to continue? I said, no, 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 baby. I have had enough. That's right. Hey. Listen, you got to be smart sometimes. I mean, some guys would have went out there and done the macho thing. If I'd have done that, looking at four or five in, maybe six guys across the ring, that's how many guys were there. Six guys. Imagine looking across the ring, you know, past the three or four referees, because you're seeing multiple referees, right? You look past the multiple referees, and you see four or five guys sitting across the ring. Which one of these guys is coming at you? That I couldn't afford to do that as far as my health was so straight up. I, I just said, no mas, baby, I'm out of here. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network, Cable Radio Network Channel 2, TuneIn.com, Stitcher.com. I can keep going, but there's like a thousand different internet platforms. Of course, you always go to our homepage, SportsByline.com. This is Ring Talk live worldwide, the Saturday edition coming to you at 11 a.m. Pacific time. That's 8 a.m. in Honolulu, Hawaii for my buddies out there in the 50th state, Ernie and... Uh, it was Ernie and Hector. Ernie and Hector, what's happening? I mean, Aaron, a very good morning to the threesome listening to the show on the beach in Honolulu. And, of course, we are you live 2 p.m. Eastern time here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. This is Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. This is Ring Talk live worldwide.
Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how Simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call. That's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. That's 800-603-0885. If you are age 85 or younger, call to learn more about final expense plans from a licensed agent in the Angel Care Network. The average funeral now costs over $10,000. Are you at risk of leaving loved ones to help pay your debts? A final expense policy for seniors can pay up to $30,000 for funeral and other final expenses. You don't need a medical exam, and you can have lifetime coverage, and the policy cannot be canceled. To receive free information about final expense plans from a licensed agent in the Angel Care Network. Call now. You'll also receive information about a free prescription discount card just for calling in. Agents are standing by. Call 800 508 5774. 800 508 5774. 800 508 5774. Call now. That's 800 508 5774. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. Just, I told you what I was going to do before I did it. I told you I was going to jab him in the corners. I was going to let him take all the shots. He was be willing. Any heavyweight would be willing to do right. Frazier was, Harden was. I told you this had no skill. I told you he don't hit hard. I told you it would be a total mismatch. George Fulman is still one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. <laughs> October 1st, 1975, the last historic confrontation between Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, the largest closed-circuit TV audience in history, was treated to one of the greatest fights in heavyweight history.
We're talking about the thrill in Manila, of course, but let's go back to the first fight, Ali Frazier, March 8th, 1971. Of course, we'll talk about Madison Square Garden, Ali weighing in at 215 pounds, Joe Frazier, 205 pounds. Man, listen, the entire world came to a stop. I kid you not for this boxing match. I can't imagine a sporting event today ever being that big. I just can't. I mean, the entire world came to a stop. I was looking at Market Street. I was looking at Mission Street here in San Francisco. There were no cars on the street. Everybody was packed into to theaters and watching this at arenas and in gymnasiums. I mean, high school gyms were opened up. This fight was showing all over the place on closed-circuit television, which was the 1971 version of pay-per-view television. Why do I say that? Because closed-circuit was king, baby. You got to go to an arena, you know, I mean, it, it, or, or a gym, or even a bar, maybe. You know, they do it at a bar, sports bars, things like that. But you go to a place, and you've got, arena, you've got a crowd with you. You've got people pulling from both sides. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like being at the fight. The live screen's there. You hear the sound. You hear the crowd. I mean, everything's there, but you're not there at the actual fight. But the closed-circuit brings you there. Of course, I don't think that pay-per-view, bringing it to your front room, I don't think it's the same thing because you haven't got the ambiance. You haven't got people running around, you know, a couple of people having beers here and having a good time there and drinking uh, sodas and popcorn and, and screaming and cheering and all that kind of good stuff. This is crowd involvement. This really, really, like, ups the it ups the excitement of the fight. It really does. Take it from my, I've been watching fights a long time. I kid you not. So I love closed-circuit fights. In fact, I still watch them on occasion over at Ricky's Sports Theater in San Leandro, California, and Asperian Boulevard. Check it out, rickys.com. Uh, he's got all the fights going MMA and boxing. But, you know, Ali and Frazier, uh, I can't remember the name of the theater because they, they changed it, and then now they've got a bunch of condos there, but it was on Market Street. And we watched the fight delayed. We paid to watch the fight. I kid you not. We paid like money at a movie house to watch the fight after it was over. That's just the way Ali fights were. The three Ali fights, the three Frazier fights especially. The second Frazier fight we'll get to in just a second, 1974. But the first one, of course, Ali, you know, doing his thing, trying to dazzle Joe Frazier. I'm going to shock and amaze you, but I'll retire Joe Frazier. Well, not really, man. Joe came to fight. Joe was hungry. Joe was determined. Joe had never been beaten. Joe was a 1964 Olympic gold medalist. Joe Frazier was smoking Joe Frazier, okay? And he may have been not the tallest guy in the world, not the fattest guy, fastest guy in the world, but guess what? He hit you awful hard, especially with that left hook, and he put a lot of guys out. He beat a lot of guys that, you know, maybe other guys would have had difficulty with, but not Joe with that big smoking left hook. So they're going 10 rounds, and I have Ali up after 10 rounds, probably about mm, eight rounds, seven to three, somewhere around there. Mm. And then the fight tightens up. But here's how it tightens up. Ali gets hurt in the 11th round. I mean, really bad. He's staggered. He's running around. He's looking like he's drunk, right? Because he is drunk. I mean, his brain is like, whoa, what the hell? Whoa, whoa, what's going on? Anyway, so he gets wobbled. He gets through the 11th round. He was hurt more in the 11th round than he was at any time in this fight in 1971. Then came the 15th round. Ali's out there trying to dazzle some more. Throws a right hand out there. Leaves it hanging. Hangs a right hand out there. And when you leave it hanging, like I left my... Uh, punches hanging with Ernie Chavez, you can get, reta- the retaliation is like clean and pure. And Ali got hit with a left hook. Boom. It turned his face around. It dropped him on the canvas. And he knew right then and there that he had probably lost the 15-round decision right there. Because, you know, although the fight was being scored on the rounds, I, I think it was born on the rounds basis in, in New York City, um, it, you know, it was a close fight either way. But still, I thought Joe Frazier deserved to win the fight based on the fact that he scored that 15-round knockout. 15-round knockdown, of course, had Ali all hurt and really, really bad in the the 11th round. Now, after that fight, Joe goes to the hospital. He's, like, in the hospital for, like, a month. 
Ali's not in good shape either. Both these guys are probably never the same after this, but they fight again in 1974. And of course, this time uh, Ali is Ali is not. The, I mean, Ali is not the champion, and neither is Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier has lost his title in 1973 to Joe, uh, to George Foreman. So anyway, so they hook it up in the second fight. It's a 12 rounder scheduled for Madison Square Garden, and uh, Ali hurts Joe Frazier really bad early on in the first round. I mean, he hurts him so bad that Joe's like doing a dipsy do. Joe's dancing. His knees are buckling. He's all over the place. Joe is ready to go. Joe Frazier is ready to be knocked out for the second time in his career after being knocked out by George Foreman. He's ready to go this time. He's damaged goods. He's not the same Joe Frazier he was before the first fight with Ali in 1971 and after taking that lumping, that serious lumping from, from George Foreman. What, George stopping him in two rounds? Mm, good. That was brutal. You know it. Knocked him down like about ten times at least. Anyway, at the end of the day, Joe Frazier was ready to go in that round. Referee Tony Perez, a Puerto Rican referee out of New York City, of course, Ali's favorite referee, not. Anyway, he jumped in and stopped the fight. The first, uh, the uh, stopped the fight with like 10 seconds to go in the round. There was 10 seconds to go in the round, I kid you not. And so Joe's all wobbled this and that, and there's lights going on in the corner saying, you know, this is a 10-second thing because that's what, the way New York used to have it. At 10 seconds, the lights would go on in two of the corners of the ring, alerting the referee and the corner people that the round was coming to an end. Okay, so the referee, Tony Perez, he, he didn't see the lights, or I don't know what he did. Anyway, he stopped the fight thinking that the round was over. It enabled Joe Frazier to recover to an extent. Joe was a good recovery guy, no doubt about it, always in the best condition, both uh, physically and, and mentally, the best to his, uh, his abilities, okay? So he recovers, he comes out, and he pushes Ali for 12 rounds. Ali wins a 12-round decision in this fight. It was the lackluster fight between these two guys. Didn't offer a whole lot of sparks outside of that. That second round there where Ali had Joe ready to go. But Tony Perez, um, never Ali's favorite referee. In fact, I mentioned Tony Perez to Ali in 1993, and he, he, mm, mm, he like, tightened up his lip and this and that. I said, come on, man. You still holding a grudge on him? Mm, mm. And he said, you know, I just, I just thought that the whole world at that point in time was trying to screw me. I mean, here I was beating Joe Frazier. I had Joe Frazier beat. Joe Frazier was ready to go. Joe Frazier was like, on the edge of death's doorstep as far as him being in that fight was concerned. He was ready to go, man. He is. And Ali was right. He was ready to go. Okay? And Tony Perez blew that, and it cost Ali 10 grueling rounds with one of the most uh, murderous body punchers in the history of the heavyweight division. I'm talking about smoking Joe Frazier out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And, of course, the third fight, the Thriller in Manila. Wow. 1975, Ali's regained the championship in 1974 after knocking out George Foreman and of course, the, the rumble, hey, with the rumble in the jungle, George came to rumble, and he got rumbled on. Imagine that, being punked out by an old man because you got tired. You just got tired. It was like round four, round five, I'm still here. Round six, I'm getting slow. Round seven, I can't hold up my arms. Round eight, uh-oh, I'm about to get knocked out. And, Joe, and George Foreman did get knocked out. Did get knocked out. Couldn't continue. Referee jumped in, stopped the fight. The fight was over. Muhammad Ali regains the World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, nobody they said it couldn't be done. And obviously, he had no, like, like Don King was talking about, he had two chances, Slim and none, and Slim had left town. So the bottom line is, Ali had pulled off the upset of the century as far as a lot of boxing fans, especially of that era, was concerned. So it would have been a, would have been a nice time for him to ride out right away, but you know they never ride away when they're supposed to. Because sets up the third fight. They go to Manila to do this. I'm talking about the Philippines. It's hot as hell over there. The humidity is through the roof, okay? I mean, these guys are going and going and going, and they're fighting back and forth with these eight-ounce gloves, and, and the gloves are getting wet, and they got horsehair gloves. These aren't the padded gloves like nowadays. These are horsehair gloves. So it's getting down to the point where Ali's knuckles are, like, 
hmm, maybe an inch away from from the edge of the glove and the the end of the glove, as are Joe Frazier's gloves. I mean, after you know, 15 rounds of these guys swinging, those gloves are wet, they're heavy, they're all full of sweat. Anyway, they go fifth, they go into the 14th round, and they're going 14 rounds and uh, 15 rounds. And I'm blown away by the fact that Joe Frazier is still standing. Ali has hit him with so much stuff, especially in round 13. I just thought, you know, that. No, don't, don't, let this, don't let this fight continue. You know what? My buddy Eddie Futch, the late, great Eddie Futch, the trainer extraordinaire, the man from Las Vegas, the man that was married to a chick that was much younger than him, and he made it work. Good old Eddie. Eddie stopped the fight. Eddie stopped it. Eddie told, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie told Joe, you can't defend yourself anymore. I can't let you go out there and get hurt. If you were able to defend yourself, I would let you go. But you cannot defend yourself, Joe, so I've got to stop this fight right now. And he stopped the fight in the corner. Joe didn't complain much. And guess what? Word has it, Ali was ready to quit. He denies it. We were talking about this on a bus and going between Chinese cities like in 1994. And I'm, I'm pressing him on this. And he denies it. But he, they, they say that he wanted to quit, that he was telling his people to cut the gloves off, cut the gloves off. He didn't want to go off for that, last, that, that next round with Joe Frazier. And, of course, Eddie Futch stopped that fight. The thrill in Manila. Maybe one of the great, well, obviously one of the greatest heavyweight title fights of all time, but the greatest heavyweight title fight of all time? No. I think you still have to go back to that first Ali Frazier fight. As far as the, the Tyson fights were concerned, of course, the bite fight with Holyfield when he got punked by Holyfield, so he decided to bite him on the ear. Okay. Yeah, that's what happened. He got punked. Let me tell you, a lot of people knew deep down inside that Evander Holyfield had Mike Tyson's number beforehand. That's just the way it was. Ali had Joe Frazier's number beforehand. That's just the way it was. But Ali slipped a little bit in that first fight. Cost him cost him that loss, okay? Cost him his undefeated mark. But I tell you, you got to give Joe props because Joe, Joe is a, a good champion. There's no doubt about it all the way to the end. You know, I mean, I had some, some run-ins with him and, you know, over money. And I, I didn't think it was cool that he should have been charged with people for autographs. So I said something about it to his daughter, Jacqueline Layla Frazier or something like that. And she was a lawyer. And she got all upset. She goes, you better not say that on the radio. Wait, wait, wait. I better not say what on the radio? I think Joe Frazier shouldn't charge for autographs. I don't think he should charge for autographs. He's the world heavyweight champion. Listen, the fans put him in that position. So what you trying to tell me, that, that, when, that when people ask him for an autograph, he's got to give him a few bucks too? Come on, Joe's not no welfare case. I mean, Joe wasn't rich, but Joe wasn't broke either. So to pull that crap where they got to do that, I, that's just not my thing. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide on Sports Byline, SB Nation Radio Sports. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Call the CPAP hotline now. 800 
That's 800-430-4234. Copays and deductible supply. Supplies are replaced in accordance with Medicare guidelines. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Attention, timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from Resort Release, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get rid of their expensive timeshares. Once you've made that decision to get rid of your timeshare for any reason, Resort Release is offering a Better Business Bureau accredited way to legally get rid of your timeshare guaranteed. We guarantee to get rid of your timeshare payments permanently. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your expensive timeshare, call now and see if we can help you. At Resort Release, you don't pay anything until you're ready. If you're ready to learn how to permanently get rid of your costly timeshare, make this complimentary free call right now. 800-598-0539-800-598-0539-800-598-0539. That's 800-598-0539. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, at the three-minute mark of round number one, a referee in charge, Lawrence Cole, reaches the count of ten. He is the winner by way of knockout, boxing's pride of Dallas, and still the undefeated IBF welterweight champion of the world, Errol Spence Jr. Truth takes care of business in front of this adoring crowd. And let's go back to Jim Gray. All right, Mo, thank you very much. Errol, congratulations. That was quite a performance. How do you assess such a quick stoppage? Um, I was a little disappointed. Um, I wanted to get the, cra- the crowd their money's worth, and I wanted him to, you know, to, to sustain a little bit, take a little bit more punishment. But, you know, the body shot landed right on point, and they dropped him. The first one came in a bit low. Did you detect from that that he was a little bit weak and you knew you could follow up? Um, well, he didn't react. He reacted kind of weirdly when I hit him with a body shot. He kind of bounced back a little bit, so I knew that if I hit him again, he'd probably drop or he probably would react again the wrong way. And then I would just keep going to the body. That's my game plan anyway. I'm the body snatcher. So when you do something this quick, the body snatcher, that's good. So when you do something this quick, is it satisfying or is it a bit frustrating? Um, it's a little bit satisfying. I mean, satisfied. I'm a little satisfied, but, you know, I want to get a crowd of money's worth. They come out here to support me. 
You know what I'm saying? It's a big, this is a big event. And we de we'll definitely be back. We'll definitely be back. Maybe after I unify, unify some titles, we'll come back here again and make this an annual thing where I'm fighting here. All right, before we talk about what's next, let's take a look here at the fight, very brief as it was. Tell us from your vantage point what you saw and how you were able to take advantage of these body shots. Here comes the first one. Right there in the soda place, and I went on the outside because he kept ducking. He kept ducking. He was trying to come underneath. And that's my game plan anyway when I come on that side is to check the body and see how he react in the first round. And if he reacts weirdly, I keep going to the body and keep breaking her down. Now, you get a fight here at the Star. Growing up, you've told us many times you wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy. You got out of football, got into boxing. Now you're performing in front of the Dallas Cowboys. And this gentleman right here, Hall of Famer Jerry Jones, what was this moment like for you? Oh, this moment is great, man. This, this is a dream. I mean, I want to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Now I'm fighting in front of the Dallas Cowboys, fighting in front of Jerry Jones, the owner. And, oh, man, this is a dream come true. We definitely be back and make this an annual thing. I thank you for letting me use your arena and, uh, using and just promoting me. And uh, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you to the whole Dallas Cowboys organization. Aaron, you make the Cowboys, you make sports proud tonight. Uh, this room was full of Dallas Cowboy football players supporting you. Uh, they share your passion. I saw a guy in this ring that knew what he wanted. I know what he wants, okay? We all saw that. When you knock a man out by hitting him right on the side of his back, you're bad to the bone, all right? <laughs> Jerry, you've won three championships as the owner. How does this guy compare on a championship level to what you've achieved? Well, I love his awareness. He's aware of his sport. He uh, had a plan from the beginning. Uh, he is exceptionally gifted. He has a family that are behind him. And uh, the Cowboys, our family, just want to be behind him as well. You're going to have him back. We're going to fight here again, maybe in the big stadium. He is a champion. He can fight again tonight if somebody wants to step up here. <laughs> I guess that means yes, so let's ask you. We got Garcia and Porter going to fight, and we also have uh, Keith Thurman, who is out right now, but he's going to be coming back. What would you like to do next? And also Bud Crawford would like to get into this conversation as well. What would you like to do? Uh, first, you know, I'd like to congratulate you for being inducted. I mean, getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, Thank you very much. Thing. Thank you. You'll have your day. Thank you very much. Hopefully I will. You put in a lot of time. But, um, 41 years. You don't have to fight that long. I think you're well on your way. <laughs> but, um, you know, I want to fight the best. Um, Danny Garcia and Sean Porter fighting each other. I definitely want to make that a unified fight and we fight each other. We both got the same management. We both fight on Showtime. Why not? Why not make it happen? This year? Um, I think they fight in September, so it's probably not going to happen this year. But next year, I definitely want that fight whenever it's available. Errol, it's great to be here in your hometown. Terrific performance. Thank you. And I'd like to thank everybody for coming out and supporting me. I really appreciate that. I love y'all, and I'll definitely be back. Earl Spence Jr., now 24, and Zip, of course, fighting out of Dallas. He's from that Dallas area. actually lives in DeSoto, Texas, which is right outside Big D. Bottom line is, <clears throat> he's got Jerry Jones looking out for him, and that's a good thing, no doubt, for a fighter. 24-0, Carlos Campbell came in unbeaten, 22-0, 13 wax out of Ensenada, Tijuana, the the Baja California uh, section of Mexico. I mean, he was a good puncher. He could crack to the body. I mean, he was a good fighter, but <clears throat> Earl Spence is a great fighter, I think. He has the potential to be a great fighter. So when you have greatness against goodness, 
uh, greatness should prevail in a in a in a definitive manner. In other words, you'd be defining. That was a defining moment, no doubt about it. A first round knockout coming at the end of the round with two body shots. Talk about Earl Spence knocking out Carlos Ocampo. Now we go for a week earlier, a fortnight ago, and Terrence Crawford, of course, took on a guy that beat Manny Pacquiao in a twelve round decision. Jeff Horn, who's basically a ham and egger out of Australia. Why do I say a ham and egger? Uh, you know, it's not the upper echelon of the division. I don't think. I think he beat a, <clears throat> a faded and old Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao that thought he was going to Australia for a little payday and, and some easy white dude. He was going to lump up some white dude down there, but the white dude outworked him. That's what happened. Manny Pacquiao got outworked. Of course, Pacquiao is going to do his thing again July the 12th against uh, Lucas Matizzi. That's going to be in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, that's a tourist hotspot. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But Jeff Horn and Terrence Crawford, Crawford ends up stopping him in the 10th round, and that's all good. But, you know, you're supposed to go out there and, like, boom, boom, boom. Make, when, when you fight, listen, when they put me in with guys that were less than I was, I didn't take – how can I put this? I didn't take it easy on anybody. I, I just went in there, I went out there and I did what I had to do. In other words, if I knew a guy, I said, I'm looking across the ring, and I'm saying to myself, yeah, I'm not going to underestimate this guy, but he doesn't look like much, blah, blah, blah. And I go out there, and he is lesser than I, and I go out there and I whack him out either to the body or the head. You know, that's, that's, the, way, that's the way I envisioned it. I mean, that's just the way you've got to plan it, that you've got to plan big events wrapped in order to, to make your boxing career go in the right direction. You want people to take note, okay? You go nine, ten rounds. It was nine or ten rounds. Yeah, he must have won. Man, yeah, Terrence Crawford won most of the rounds, but... You know, Bud, as he likes to call himself, well, <clears throat> didn't do it spectacularly, not like Earl Spence did. So right now, Earl Spence, the king of welterweight, although, believe it or not, BoxRec.com, and I talked about their crazy ratings before, they're supposedly all done my computer. Crawford's got the top rating at 147, 1,082, but, of course, Keith Thurman is out, 28-0, no, 22 KOs. Thurman, a former champion, or a uh, <clears throat> an alphabet uh, belt holder at 147, and he, he believes he's off with some surgeries coming back on August the 4th. Speaking of August the 4th, <clears throat> that looks like a big day at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. We'll get to that, if not today, in, a little, in a, uh, next week's show. But the bottom line is 147 pounds looking good. I've got Earl Spence at 24 0. I've got Danny Garcia, of course, a kid from Philadelphia, 34 1, not a real welterweight. Hey, and speaking of not a real welterweight, the reason why I brought that up is that Terrence Crawford is not a real welterweight either. See, when you step up a weight, you find out that, you know, the guy that, that, that's seven pounds bigger than you, he's really seven pounds bigger than you. He really is. <clears throat> Unless he's faking, he's a fat guy. He's really bigger than you. So when you guys get down to weight, I mean, you strain down, you get all the spit out of you, you know, you got no liquid left in your body, your, your cheekbones are poking out of your face, you're ready to fight, no doubt about it. Right? You're just ready to fight, baby, ready to go. You're ripped and ready to go, okay? But some guys, how can I put this? I far as I talked about this earlier, Ernie Chavez, one forty-seven. I went down to Fresno. I remember I went down to Fresno. They said, "They said, Listen, you want to go to the Nationals?" I said, "Yeah, I want to go to the Nationals." They said, "You got to go down to Fresno and beat these two guys." I said, "Really? Yeah." Well, so I went down to Fresno. I beat this guy on a Thursday, and then beat him this other guy on a Friday night. Two night, two night tournament, something like that. Anyway, um, no big thing. I said to myself, "Guys, fighting these guys at one forty-seven." This is pretty easy, and I don't have to make weight. See, I was making 139 pounds before, and I was cutting off my arm, doing enemas. I'm just kidding. But, like, I was going through all kinds of crazy things to make 139 pounds I just because I cheated. I like to cheat. And when I say cheat, I mean, like, you know, a little water, a little soda, things like that, um, food. You know, come on, man. My mother fed me Kool-Aid ice cubes for years. That's how she kept me at weight, like especially close to a fight. Uh, what's for dinner tonight, Mom? Mm, how about some broccoli? Okay, I've got some broccoli for you. 
And the snack, of course, would be the Kool-Aid ice cubes. But I always made weight when I stayed on the Kool-Aid ice cubes. It's when I ventured off the Kool-Aid ice cubes and went into the world of mineral water and things like that in which I got out of hand. One night I went to bed at 139 pounds, woke up the next morning, 143. How, you, you're supposed to lose weight when you go to bed, but I was drinking all night. And, and here's what's up. When you're in a zone and you're spaced out in the whole nine yards, I didn't realize I was even, I, I think I was getting up and going to the bathroom maybe and drinking water, but I wasn't even conscious of what I was doing. I mean, I was conscious of it the next day when I got on the skid. I was 143 pounds the next morning. I said, oh, Lord. All right, so I went to the sauna, and of course, sat in the sauna and the jacuzzi and dropped about four and a half pounds, came in 138 and a half, and ended up winning that fight. But, you know, you cheat. Everybody cheats. But you can't cheat size and father time. You can't cheat father time, and you can't cheat size. And size prevails. Size matters in two things, <clears throat> combat sports and pornography. Okay, that's where size matters. I kid you know, you know what I'm talking about. All right, but in combat sports especially. So if a guy's got an advantage over you, a weight and size, a physical body mass advantage over you, as I think Earl Spence does has over Terrence Crawford right now, <clears throat> I think he's got a good shot to beat Crawford. I really do. And as far as Danny Garcia's concerned, Danny Garcia, 34-1, and lost that one fight at 147. He's not a real welterweight either. Plus, he fights a little too safe. Sean Porter going to do his thing. Sean Porter is like the shortest guy in the welterweight division, 28-2, and two, pretty good fighter, no doubt about it. Take it on the aforementioned Danny Garcia, as I said, 34-1. and one. That is the Brooklyn, uh, the uh, uh, Broccoli Center in Brooklyn, New York. That's going to go down the 25th of August. Of course, boxing happened in the summertime. You know, everybody's knocking Al Heyman, and I have yet to see Al Heyman fail. Okay? Um, everybody's predicting his failure. Who am I talking about, Al Heyman? He runs something called Premier Boxing Champions. He's the guy that was bringing boxing to net, back to network television, sort of went off network television, back on Showtime and doing cards on various cable networks, things like that. So some of the big plays, I don't know if they were worthy or not because he bought that airtime. And when you buy airtime, it's like this, man. Uh, you're buying two hours of CBS. Well, you've got two hours. That's, you've got, all, this, all CBS is going to do is announce that there's CBS at the top of the hour and the bottom of the hour. Outside of that, you've got to fill all that other time. Okay. And when guys were buying time, it was sort of dull. I mean, he had no, no, no commercials. Not that you want to see commercials, but nobody was buying into boxing, per se. So, so Heyman was going into his own pocket. Of course, allegedly, uh, some U.K. investors came up with close to a, a half a billion dollars for this project he's got. That's right, a half a billion bucks. I kid you not. So he's got a half a billion bucks on the line, $500 million, paid a lot of fighters a lot of money, paid some fighters to, to walk away from promoters and not fight for a couple of years and just kick back and get fat. Some did, some didn't. But the bottom line is, at the end of the day, we still don't know the effect Al Heyman is going to have on the sport of professional boxing. I thought he was good at the start. Then he started to control things a little bit too much. And you know how I am with control freaks. I'm not into control freaks. That's why I'm not married. No, I'm just serious. I'm not into control freaks. Al Heyman, stone cold control freaks, controls everything he does. I mean, you talk about it's all choreographed. He shows up to fights where he sits, where he walks. People that take his picture, you look for his picture on the internet, you won't find his picture. You'll find pictures of Howard Hughes, that late billionaire, the guy that's dead, the guy that was like, he didn't want anybody to see his face at all, right? And there's no doubt about it, but you've seen his face, but you will not see pictures of Al Heyman on the internet. Why? He is the Wizard of Oz of boxing right now. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, going to a break here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. One short segment to go, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's one 800 878 Seven five two nine. You tune to Ring Talk live worldwide.
It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003 Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003 When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Do you use the blue pill to charge your sex life? Have you been thinking about trying the blue pill? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for the other blue pills. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in a non-marked package. 800-223-0992 800-223-0992 two. That's 800-223-0992 now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. How does that grab me? Well, I'll tell you right after I get violently ill. 57 minutes past the hour, you tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the Saturday edition. That's why Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 8 a.m. Honolulu, Hawaii, and of course, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Saturday for an hour of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, we come to you Sunday as well. A completely different show, two hours. Two-hour show begins at 11 a.m. Pacific time, Saturday and Sunday. Ring Talk Live Worldwide here on Sports Byline, SB Nation Radio Network, Etal, and a thousand other networks. Bottom line is, time to talk about my sponsor, the World Boxing Organization. Of course, <clears throat> we're doing the convention this year <clears throat> in Managua, Nicaragua, returning to the home of the late great champion, Alexis Arguello, the three-division world champion. Of course, one of the greatest fighters of all time. My buddy, he, you heard him on the, if you've been on this, listen to this show for a long time. He was on this show many, many times, one time talking about suicide. So I went down to Managua, Nicaragua, <clears throat> tried to rescue him and take him 
to a rehab. He didn't want to go. He got in a car accident. A few months later, the government told him either go to rehab or go to jail. He went to rehab. He cleaned himself up. And in 2007, 2008, Alexis Gore was found dead, uh, the victim of a shot uh, uh, of, a, uh, of a gunshot wound. But they're not convinced as to whether it was self-inflicted or whether somebody shot him. So I'm returning with the WBL, Paco Valcarcel, the entire convention. We're going to Managua, Nicaragua, of course, uh, November 20, October 29th through November the 2nd. That's right, 2018. You can check out the convention news at WBOboxing.com. That's WBOboxing.com. Check it out. If you'd like to go, hey, you got a couple of bucks, come on down. We'll be everything's, – everything's open there. We go to, you go to the ratings committees, how we rate fighters. It's all done out there in the open. The clarity is – I kid you not, the clarity is there. I kid you not. That's right. Clarity and the World Boxing uh, Organization go hand in hand. Speaking of the World Boxing Organization, Jaime Meninga, the current WBA, WBO 154-pound title holder, junior middleweight title holder from Tijuana, is going to be doing his thing against Liam Beefy Smith, 26-1-1 at 12-round main event, July 21st. That will be on HBO Boxing After Dark, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, live from the Hard Rock in Las Vegas. Until next time, don't forget, this is Ring Talk live worldwide on Sports Byline, SB Nation Radio Network. We come to each and every Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on Sports Byline.